We are here to talk about fear, spine-chilling or downright campy, from the perspective of the monsters under your bed. Throughout the season of The Witch, we'll bite into our favorite slashers, ghosts and ghouls, and compare them to their remakes. Prepare for chills. You are now entering the horrifying soundscape that is Halcon Scarathon. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today we are talking about one of the most iconic horror movie villains of all time, Freddy Krueger. Released in 1984, A Nightmare on Elm Street was a smash hit, making over $50 million at the box office and eventually becoming recognized as one of the greatest horror movies of all time. However, despite the franchise tapping out after six sequels and a crossover with the Friday the 13th franchise, Hollywood decided that it was time to remake A Nightmare on Elm Street. But despite starring a then-unknown Rooney Mara and Academy Award nominee Jackie Earl Haley as Freddy Krueger, it was produced by Michael Bay's company Platinum Dunes, a company notorious for ruining great horror movies with terrible remakes. And while the movie did great financially, critics hated it, leading to its status among the worst horror movie remakes of all time. But is it really that bad? Let's find out as Greg and I talk about the original, the remake, and everything in between. Woo. This is a... I love this franchise so much, too, and I'm so excited to be talking about it because this is one of the best ever. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's iconic for a reason because it's just... It's such an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else like it. And I think also compared to other slashers, like... Freddy has so much more personality because a lot of them, like oh, yeah. you look at Michael Myers, you look at Jason, it's just kind of like a stunt dude in a mask who's like lumbering around and doesn't talk. Yeah. This is different. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. It's very interesting to watch um, Freddy Krueger, mainly because he's played by Robert England, and there's really no other person that could play Robert England. Um, we'll get into the remake later on, but I feel like... To give the remake some credit, I do think Jackie Earl Haley was probably the second best person to play Freddy Krueger. But the point is, is that Freddy uh, Freddy Krueger is so good when he's played by Robert England that when he's played by anybody else, there's this wide, wide range of just difference because, you know... Jackie Earl Haley must might be the second best choice to play Freddy Krueger, but he is nowhere near as good as Robert England is. No, yeah. You know. There I I was excited. I remember when this was announced, I was probably at like the height of my nightmare fandom as a kid and I was Yeah. I was hyped about Jackie Earl Haley cuz I I was naive enough to think that this remake might be really good. And yeah. I, I do still stand by that Jackie Earl Haley casting. Like, the idea is right there. But mm -hmm. there's just a big gap in in performance quality for anyone playing Freddy that isn't Robert England. Yeah. I mean, you're kind of going up against, like, one of the greats ever. It's like trying to go up against, uh, you know, Heath Ledger to play the Joker. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, people love Joaquin Phoenix, but even they are like, you can't really compare the two because they're totally different things. But this is different, though, because Jackie Earl Haley is basically playing a very, or Freddy Krueger, who's very, very similar to the original in looks, in persona, almost. Mm -hmm. He's a lot more, you know, creepy and in a, in a pedophilic kind of way, but yeah. um, which, you know, kind of 
is not great, but <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, it, it, I, I just, I, I didn't, I didn't love the, the, the comments he was making towards the end. Oh God, it was you know? so gross. It was so gross. It wasn't, it wasn't like horror movie gross. I bet they were like, it, it, it's great though, right? Cause it's, it's scary. It's like, no, it's just weird. It's just really weird and uncomfortable. I don't, I don't like horror movies that feel this way. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I also don't know what that adds really. Cause no, I feel like they handled that theme better in the first because it's all subtext, right? Yeah. Like you've exactly. got the claw and, and the, the remake tries to recreate this imagery, but it mm-hmm. works best in the original where like that claw between her legs, that's clear, like subtext about sexual violence or like uh, him attacking oh, yeah. on the bed. Like those are that's you don't need to outright say it. Right. Yeah, it's it's exactly. all there underneath. Like you get the idea, like maybe this guy was some sort of predator. But oh, then yeah. they just lay it all out for the audience and spoon feed it to you in the remake. Like, yeah, on. like there's no subtlety in the remake, I find, um, which is the thing that made the original so good is that there was like a subtlety and kind of like a a mysteriousness to it. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the the original. Uh, let's get started there. Um, but but before we do so. We're talking about a franchise here that spawned, you know, six sequels and a crossover with another franchise. So comparing the Elm Street movie franchise to, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Halloween, uh, Friday the 13th, how do you think it stands? Do you think it's one of the best, or do you think it's... This is tough. I have a a lot of nostalgia for this one, but, Mm -hmm. like, I think in a lot of ways it goes the same route as a lot of these horror franchises where you just lose that scare factor as it keeps going. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they try to evolve Freddy to be more of like a jokester because of that. And it, it works for some and it doesn't work for others. I personally love it just because of how creative it is and all the potential for ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's probably better than the Halloween franchise as a whole. Yep. I think there was more trash in that one like there's there's the hollow halloween franchise the highs are really really high oh yeah but the lows are lower than ever too because of that by comparison oh yeah <laughs> I think we're maybe- getting into halloween later but i will say um like later on in our scarathon series but yeah. i will say halloween h2o is a movie that i do enjoy quite a bit fair uh, might not might not be the greatest one but it is a it is one of the higher uh movies in my opinion that's fair uh, like one of the better sequels yeah uh, but what were you saying a second ago um yeah comparing to like friday the 13th or texas chainsaw stronger than texas chainsaw franchise Definitely. i would say yeah <laughs> um i think about on the same level as friday maybe a little higher yeah. i would say so too because um i feel like the only reason i would maybe consider it higher than Friday the 13th is because the first um, Nightmare movie is incredible. Like, it's so, so, Mm -hmm. so good. Friday the 13th, the first one I never really loved all that much. Um, I remember grade 10, I think it was, that was, like, the height of my, like, horror movie, like, binge. Like, I watched, like, the first five Nightmare movies. I watched Friday the 13th um, and a bunch of other stuff, too. But, um... The the Friday the Thirteenth movies, the first two never really impressed me all that much. I'll need to rewatch them, of course, but I was never a huge fan of them. 
And then number three I liked, but I feel like around number three, number four, and definitely number five, it really became like comedy territory, basically. Like, yeah. It just started to get really funny. I feel like Nightmare on Elm Street was able to maintain its um, seriousness until at least, for at least the first, for at least three of the first four movies, we can we can get into Nightmare on Elm Street two and its you know homoerotic kind of themes that are popping out. Yeah, um, but the movie thinks it's serious. But the movie thinks <laughs> it's very serious, which is kind of funny. But the first, the first, the third, and the fourth are all pretty. I feel like they maintain a, a bit of seriousness um yeah it's gradual it's not like yeah in the friday franchise where all of a sudden in the fourth one which by the way is my favorite um but okay. nonetheless you get in the fourth friday the 13th movie you get crispin glover's like stupid dance i don't know if you remember oh that God. part <laughs> oh no i remember that part that's burned into my brain it's like oh, what the hell but yeah that's yeah. one of the reasons i love it <laughs> You okay? So we we were both watching Night uh, Never Sleep Again, which is a documentary, a four hour documentary, by the way, on the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. So there's one actress who's talking about it. I think she was in Dream Warriors, and she was saying like, "Oh, my daughter was in a Friday the Thirteenth movie." Do you remember that part? I think so. Yeah. So that scene that her daughter was in is the fucking funniest scene in the entire Friday the 13th franchise. It's in number five, and they're at, like, a halfway house. And um, her her daughter is, like, he, there's this one scene where, like, Jason comes into her room, and she's doing, like, the robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that scene. And she's listening to, like, this, like, electronic, like, music, and it's the weirdest shit, and she's, like, doing the robot, and then she gets fucking murdered. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. That, that is Nightmare on, uh, not, not Nightmare, Friday the 13th Part 5 is probably one of the greatest comedies ever made, because that movie is hilarious. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, so. I feel like it was more gradual for the Nightmare yeah. franchise. It's like he's a little bit more quippy as it goes along and then by Freddy versus Jason he's like you know all oh, jokes yeah. and, all and jokes, that works yeah. in its own way too because as a franchise goes on any mm -hmm. horror franchise it's less scary because you're more familiar with the material right exactly so there's two ways to go with it is to like not realize that you're less scary right mm -hmm. and continue doing the same old stuff or lean into it and have fun. And I think I think the Nightmare franchise did that pretty well. I think they did too, yeah. Because, I mean, I feel like that's the only way to kind of, like, do it is you got to lean into it and realize what you are. So that's what I, I like about the franchise because, yeah, you're it's less scary. But at the same time, you're like, hey, I'm still having a good time, you know? Yeah. Um, and Dream Warriors is a really, really good sequel because that's one where they maintain the this, this scariness, I think, a little bit. But mm -hmm. they... But they do make it a little bit more of like a fun kind of thing where it's now like, you know, it, it is an expansion of the world and the rules of the Nightmare on Elm Street, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, so. 100%. I think that movie strikes the perfect balance between like fantastical silliness, but also like very serious horror. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. And it's interesting, too, because like you said, like it becomes like a very kind of... Uh, like quippy kind of movie and stuff like that and movie franchise. So it's interesting when you get to new nightmare, which is like the sixth sequel and they have to make it a meta movie to be able to kind of combat the fact that it is a, 
it has kind of become a joke, which I thought was actually kind of successful because they made Freddy like super serious again. Mm -hmm. And this is after uh, Freddy's dead, the final nightmare (laughs) where he, where he kills somebody with a Nintendo game. Right. Yeah. So you're playing with power. (laughs) (laughs) The power glove. Um, Yeah. So that, the fact that Wes Craven was able to write a script that actually made, Freddy Krueger is scary again. It shows you how good of a director Wes Craven is. So yeah, he really wanted he really wanted to put that franchise to bed. Oh yeah, and that was kind of his attempt. <laughs> I love that where he's like, "Come on, guys, what the fuck are you doing? Let me do it. <laughs> Let me write the next movie, please." Yeah. Oh boy. Alrighty, let's get into the original. So, what are the things that you love about the original? I love. I love how much Freddy's kept in the shadows and mysterious. We kind of touched on that a little. 100%. I mean, like, why would you want to show your villain that much in a horror movie when the whole point is they're supposed to be mysterious and you're not supposed to know that much about them? Yeah, it always like, pulls me in. Uh, every yeah. time I rewatch it, I'm like, ooh, I want to see a little bit more. Like, I, I need to keep keep watching this because I might yeah. see, you know, the, the scars or something. I get that familiar feeling from when you're a kid and, like, very yeah. curious about something hmm they barely show his face really yeah no there's really only maybe towards the end you get a you get more of a glimpse but yeah it's mostly kept in shadows and low lights oh, yeah. it's really good yeah. and you just get oh, this yeah. idea of a menacing figure mm-hmm yeah no he's a he's a scary dude oh man mm-hmm. i love the kills too they're some of the all-time best horror movie kills mm-hmm. like the oh yeah the, like that tina kill oh yeah. my god being dragged up the wall and over the ceiling and all of that and the blood's yeah. like trailing behind her that is just so scary and affecting still like it holds up a hundred percent oh yeah i remember that one kind of being like uh to this day it has a feeling of nostalgia for like whenever i see that scene because it feels like something i'm not supposed to be watching mm-hmm. and the reason is because when i was a kid on youtube they would put these movies on they would put like whole movies on but they would do them in parts yeah they have like part one like the first 10 minutes and then part two part three like they would do it like that and i remember one time i found nightmare on elm street like that so i started watching and i watched the first 10 minutes of it and i was like okay cool and then the part 2 is the you know the time frame in the movie would be like from like 10 minutes in to 20 minutes in something like that which is when tina gets killed and that video was like oh this is restricted like you need to log in to see it so, like, I ne- I could never watch it. So, like, I would see the first, like, I would see the beginning of the movie, and then I would miss the next 10 minutes. And then for the rest of the movie, I would watch it, and, like, you know, Rod's like, oh, my God, there was something in there with us. So, it's it was so interesting, because it was like I was, I was in Nancy's shoes in that place, because I didn't see what actually happened. Wow. You know? So, it was this really cool thing. So, now when I see it, I feel like I'm, like, to this day, you know, years later, probably, like, 10 years after that... It feels like I'm watching something I'm not supposed to be watching. Like, it feels like I'm not allowed to be seeing what I'm seeing. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that this movie, like, has that kind of thing. Like, I remember this movie, like, seeing the posters as a kid and being at, like, Blockbuster and reading the tagline, like, if Nancy doesn't wake up screaming, she won't won't wake up at all. And it's like, oh, fuck. Like, just all these memories. There's just this, like 
wave of nostalgia that washes over me whenever I watch this, and it's it's really really cool. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I love about this. Yeah, so many iconic moments. Oh, so yeah. many. I mean, there's obviously all that imagery that that everyone knows the the claw in the bathtub and uh, oh, yeah. the the blood geyser out of the bed, um, mm-hmm. the telephone with the mouth on it. There's just Oh yeah. So the body much bag in the hallway. Body bag in the hallway. And oh, each yeah. one is is so <laughs> burned into the cultural memory because it's so affecting. Oh, I love yeah. it. I still think the peak is that that Tina kill, but that's such a strong start yeah. to the movie. It is Oh yeah. It's powerful. Hundred percent. I feel like Johnny Depp's death is is pretty close too, so it's mm-hmm. at least it's not like um like it peaks and then it's just she peters out like twenty minutes into it, which is good. No, um, no, it, in no way does it peter out. I think. Oh yeah, but it hooks you for sure. It hooks you for sure. Yeah. Um, also, let's just talk about Johnny Depp being in this movie for a second. <laughs> it always makes me laugh that he's in this because he's playing such a normal, average guy. Yeah, and you're like, huh? <laughs> Johnny Depp, is a normal person? What? He's not um, like drunk on set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not in, like in white face paint. What's going on? This is weird. Yeah, and he's he's pretty cool. He's charming. I can see I can see what they saw in him for sure. But it is strange. <laughs> it is. Yeah, and it's funny because apparently you you were watching the documentary. In the documentary, they said like um Wes Craven said like it was between Johnny Depp and another guy and Wes Craven's daughter was like choose Johnny Depp. He's he's gorgeous. He's he's so hot. <laughs> and he was like, "All right, I'll choose him." Then I guess it's true. Good choice, man. His he hair launched his, a career. His hair was so feathery and like, oh man, light right? and fluffy. <laughs> yeah, it's just so weird seeing him play like just this average teen who's just like, <laughs> "Hey, what's going on?" <laughs> yeah, just like this <laughs> fucking Jack Sparrow. What's going on, man? Yeah. He's someone I'd like to do on the podcast because I feel like he's not super well respected anymore, but like he's had some good stuff. Yeah, let's but let's not forget though, he is a great actor. I mean, he's been in some really good stuff and given really good performances. I mean, like Sweeney Todd is fantastic. Ed Wood is oh, phenomenal. He Edward Scissorhands, one of my favorites. Oh, like he's the best, so yeah. He's but up there for sure. And and his start there, yeah. is pretty strong. Like he's likable. I think Oh, 100%. I think all the teens are pretty likable for the most part in this too. Oh yeah. Which is important 100%. because yeah. The whole point of the movie is that like the the teenagers know something and the parents don't believe them. So you need to be on their side. It's not like a lot of slasher movies where they just kind of they don't really write the the teenagers. It's just kind of like they're going to have sex and do drugs and get killed <laughs> yeah exactly this, this had some more layers to it oh yeah no for sure there's there's so many interesting things like you could definitely like really make a scholarly article about this movie because there is a lot of subtext and there is a lot that you can kind of take from it mm-hmm. and it's interesting because i was reading on it and it said something like it's interesting because it's not their fault you know, like no. it's not their fault that they're in this. It's their parents' fault. And now they have to suffer the consequences for something that they didn't even do. Yeah. Because it's the parents who killed Freddy Krueger. 
And now the kids have to suffer the consequences for that, which, and they did nothing. They did nothing wrong. And now they have to die, which is really like, it's kind of frustrating and it's, it's scary because it's like, well, it doesn't matter like what you do because there's, there's no way that you can, you know, kind of make right, make it right. Yeah. Um, Because yeah, you didn't, you didn't do a shit. So Mm -hmm. it's a very real it's a very real situation of like the kids having to carry the previous generation's burden or what they neglected. Right. Like that, mm-hmm. that fits so many current day events. It, oh, it's yeah. ridiculous. 100%. And it probably yeah. does till the beginning of time. Like when, when the previous generation doesn't consider the next people are going to oh, suffer. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And this is like a really scary idea. And Let's just talk about the fact that he's invading people's dreams, too. Oh like, this, is, this is such a good idea. And I can't believe people didn't think this was going to work. This this script floated around Hollywood for three years before somebody went, okay, I'll, I'll, we'll do it. We'll try it out. Yeah, because they were thinking, like, like, the audience won't be scared because it's in a dream. But what's scarier than having your own, like, peace of mind violated, right? Yeah. And that's the thing I love about these movies is that after a while, people are like, I'm not going to sleep. Like, I'm just not going to sleep. Yeah. And that's the only way that they can really handle it. And, and that's torture. Can't just, that's torture. You can't just not sleep. Like, that's a terrible, terrible thing to do. So. You lose yeah, either I, way. I love that. You lose either way. And the, the other thing is, too, is that by the time you fall asleep, after you've been trying to stay up awake for days and whatnot, you'll be so tired that you can't wake up when you need to. Mm-hmm. So. You're bas- it's basically, you know, you're just prolonging the inevitable at that point, and it's fucking terrifying. So Yeah, I think that's yeah. another thing that works about Freddy so much, especially in this one, is that he's not just there for kill count, right? He's mm-hmm. He is breaking people down by their deepest fears until they're running on yeah. fumes and they can't run anymore. Like, that is so scary. So much scarier than oh, just, yeah. like, a knife to the back or something, you know? Oh, 100%. I mean, like, with Jason, it's like, how do you escape Jason? Ah, leave. Yeah. Leave Camp Crystal Lake. Basically, I mean, he'll probably follow you, but, like, you can try to just leave Camp Crystal Lake and you'll probably get out. But... (laughs) He might follow you you to Manhattan in part eight. He might follow you. (laughs) He might punch your head off, but, yeah, we'll see what happens. That actually happens in a Friday the 13th movie, by the way, yeah. folks. Like, that actually happens. He punches Jason a guy's punches, head off. He punches a man's head off, and it goes into the dumpster. <laughs> off a bridge, into a dumpster, and it closes behind it. That's how ridiculous Friday the 13th got. Yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, That might be my favorite horror movie kill ever. Like it's so classic. It, it, it might be. I've never even seen the whole movie, Friday, uh, Jason Takes Manhattan, but I love that that kill. The idea that he punches a man's head off is ridiculous. I will say that movie is such a disappointment because he doesn't actually get to Manhattan until like the last 10 minutes. He's just like on a boat to Manhattan for the whole thing. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> I've seen like the first like 20, 25 minutes of it or something like that. And I'm like, okay, let's get to Manhattan. Let's get to like the Broadway show scene here. Nope. Like, that would be so, well, I don't, I don't know if they have Broadway in Manhattan. I think that's New York City. I don't fucking know. I'm a Canadian. I don't need to f- learn about this shit. But, um. <laughs> yeah, Americans, name a province. <laughs> yeah, name a province. Yeah, let's see how you, how well you guys do. All right. Yeah. 
Toronto is not a province, idiots. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that um, that is a good kill. Anyway, this is this is such a such a good franchise though because I mean like yeah, like that is the most scary thing is that you can't even go to sleep and be safe. You will be haunted no matter where you go, and mm-hmm. yeah. That's that's something that's that's scary. The thing I like about this too is that the transitions from the real life into the dream sequences is subtle and seamless. So at first you're always like, "Is this real life?" And then after a while you're like, "Oh, she's she's dreaming." Like you kind of figure it out, mm-hmm. but it's the first little bit where you're like, "Oh, like." I didn't realize I was in a dream sequence. And then you can kind of relate to the characters because you're like, I get why this would be so terrifying because you're starting to lose what's real and what's not real. So mm-hmm. yeah. I-, I love that element too. There's so much potential in, in the dream world for just fantastical mm-hmm. shit to happen and for reality to be just a little bit off. Like it always is oh, in yeah. a dream. It just yeah. adds this like, super creepy do you ever get that feeling when someone's like recounting a a dream to you and you you start getting chills because it's just like so weird yeah i i've had dreams like that where i just i'm in it and i feel i'm so convinced everything is real and it's just a bizarre bizarre type of thing because you're like it it feels real and you believe that you're in reality but and everything is odd and the weird thing is you don't even question it. Yeah. Which is, I think, the most terrifying thing is that everything is off and you're not even aware of that. Like, you can't even acknowledge that shit is odd. And, I mean, that happens in this movie when she passes, like, the hall monitor at school. Mm-hmm. Like, who's like, no running in the halls. And she's just kind of like, okay, whatever. And she keeps going. Like, she just, she just doesn't even acknowledge that. So, yeah, I mean, like, shit. Like, that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They 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 get that across so well too, especially um like that whole dreamy thing where there's no clear transition between settings in a dream, like you're just moving and then suddenly everything's different, you're in a different place. Oh yeah. Oh, they nail it so well between like the the boiler room and, you know, wherever they fell asleep or or you yeah. know, being pulled into the bathtub like way deeper than it should go like an mm-hmm. area that wasn't there previously but you don't even question it in a dream like it's yeah they nail it so well oh yeah no 100 percent. it is it is so phenomenal how well they do this movie like just it, it's hard to do like a dream thing the only who else do you think could have directed this if Wes craven wasn't on board i mean i don't think anybody else could have but like if if they were to get anybody else, who do you think would have been a good person to direct one of the sequels if they were down to do it? I still wish Lynch had dipped his toe into this oh, franchise. Oh, that would be a good one. I know he had bad experiences with uh, big movies, with Dune. Oh, yeah. And he kind of never went back to it. Man. But if I was great, ever in yeah. charge, I would totally try and channel Lynch. Because you can go so much weirder and so much more unexplainable. Like, imagine a, a oh, Red yeah. Room type of scene from, from Twin Peaks, but in oh, a yeah. nightmare movie. That would be phenomenal. Who I was thinking was, like, Terry Gilliam. Mm, that's a good he does too. some he does he does some good stuff too like fear and loathing is like a fucking odd movie man yeah and so it's like brazil i haven't seen all of brazil but like what i've seen i love and it's yeah. a fucking odd movie man 12 monkeys too like what the fuck is going on his movies kind of feel like dreams in a weird way but 
Lynch is good. a good choice. Yeah. yeah. Gilliam's good though too cuz he's really good at slipping between what's real and what isn't. Where yeah. you kind of lose yourself like what is actually reality here, especially if you're in loathing. Oh yeah. Yeah, and especially like if you need a moment of humor and whatnot. I mean, Terry Gilliam was in Monty Python, so mm-hmm. there you go. Um <laughs> True. But yeah, um, that's the thing I also want to bring up about this movie is that they there are some funny moments in this movie that are actually really, really, really great. Um, like when Nancy wakes up and she starts drinking coffee in the middle of the night. Like, I don't know why. I find that kind of hilarious that she has like a coffee maker in her room. So she's waking up and like taking a bunch of sips of coffee and then like getting to work on like, okay, we got to stay up all night. Like, let's, yeah, let's get going. You know, I love the <laughs> I love idea that. of a secret coffee maker stash. I need that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because Wes Craven based this on a real life event. Right. Um, And that actually happened. Like there was a guy who was, afraid to go to sleep he's like if i go to sleep i'm gonna die and he was awake for days and then he went to sleep he hours later he was thrashing in his sleep and he he, and he died he died in his sleep and his parents or caretakers whoever it was they found his sleeping pills all under his pillow and they found a coffee maker like hidden in his room and that was just like oh man like yeah, it, Wes Craven said it feels like it's out of a movie, and he's absolutely right. It does. Mm-hmm. So he put it in one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, this this is just so such a good. I mean, like, fuck, like this is such a good movie. Like, I, I, you, I feel like because it's a franchise, you almost forget how good yeah. the original is. So it's always nice to go back to it and and check it out. It definitely is a little watered down by how many sequels and how used to the idea we are. But when you just Mm -hmm. take that original on its own, it is so innovative. And I can't believe it hadn't been done before. Oh, right? Yeah. Yeah, just the fact that people didn't have faith in that idea. Like, that's the scariest thing. You take that home with you, right? Like, especially I imagine in those days when that was like, you know... Uh, mm-hmm. a pinnacle of filmmaking basically like you come home and you get scared that you might see freddy in your dreams like that's just brilliant yeah and this movie actually did kind of creep me out like even though i've i've seen it before like i went into my garage like after watching it <laughs> and it was really dark and i was like i don't like this i don't like this at all <laughs> Wake I'm up. Getting the fuck out of here. I was like, oh, God. I'm like pinching myself. Like, yeah, fuck. But yeah, no, this is a. I, I feel like I'm, I'm beating a dead horse by saying this is a great movie because it just is. There's nothing else to say it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, what is there anything in this movie that you didn't like? Mm. I think the one thing that doesn't hold up very well is when he stretches his arms. In the opening to scratch the walls when he's going after (laughs) Tina. That that does make me chuckle. Oh that's a little silly looking. Yeah. Yeah. It's This was a relatively low budget film for the time too. Hundred percent. It was like one point eight million. Yeah. And so it's which is pretty cheap, yeah. It's amazing that it so much of it works that there's really only one effect that doesn't sell. Yeah. Yeah, that that effect. Um, I do I do agree that it, it it does look kind of silly and whatnot. I do I think the ending too with like the the mom being pulled through the window looks oh a little bit ridiculous. That one doesn't look great either. Um, and it sucks because that kind of ends the movie. So you're like, oh, fuck, 
Like, come on. Man. Yeah, she literally looked like a blow up doll. Yeah. Um, but it's weird because like when I saw it a few years ago, I was like, that looks ridiculous. When I saw it this time, I was like, oh, it doesn't look that bad. It doesn't look awful. It doesn't look great, but it looks better than I remember it. So I guess, I don't know. I guess it depends on how you're feeling. It might look better than others. So Yeah. And I think the thing too, with it being in a dream world, it kind of works to have things look off and a little fake. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't think it hurts the movie very much that there's like two effects that are kind of wonky looking. Oh yeah. Um yeah. I I don't love all the performances. I think you can tell these are young actors in a lot yeah. of moments. Even 100%. though like I I had a crush on Nancy Thompson, Heather Langenkamp as a kid, like rewatching this, I'm like, this is this is kind of weak. But they yeah. they have a chemistry, everybody. So I can see why they're together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing is, too, with Heather Longenkamp is I was watching New Nightmare last night, and she's actually really, really good in it. So, um... Yeah, she gets better. Yeah. She gets better, yeah. Which is the thing I love about seeing, like, young actors is that when you see them when they're younger, maybe they might not be as strong. And then you see them kind of grow up, and they become just really great actors. Same for Johnny Depp. I mean, he's great in this movie, but, you know, he's, he's not his strongest performance. It's not like... Oh man, best best Johnny Depp performance, Nightmare on Elm Street, boom! Like, yeah, no, the- Johnny Depp plays the average teenage boy. Oh my god, what a life changing performance from Johnny Depp! Yeah, like it, it definitely wasn't anything groundbreaking from anyone. Yeah, a little bit stiff, but again, you can tell they're mm-hmm. they're early in their careers, and a lot of them do get better. Oh yeah, the one thing that really bothered me watching this movie again was. Um, it's when they're it's at the very end and the cops are this might be a nitpick but also like it just there's so much in this movie where reality like doesn't really matter because so much of it is in a dream sequence so that probably frees up the writer a bit to not worry so much about rationality and whatnot mm-hmm. which is nice because i mean this movie shouldn't be that rational it's a fucking dream so it should be kind of unexplained and weird like the 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 steps that are like that she's sinking into when she's running up the steps i love that me too so it's so bizarre and you're like oh my god what's happening like why yeah so the thing i don't like is when she is awake and the cops are across the street outside and they're investigating johnny depp's death Mm -hmm. and she breaks her window and she starts screaming help i'm being attacked and the cops just stand there yeah that really pisses me off because i'm like so that's what they would do. They would just stand there and just watch. Like that's that that's that pulled me out because I'm like, this is so fucking stupid. Yeah, that that is scary. I I do think in a in a way it kind of adds to the theme of the parents not believing or like overlooking 100%. that their kids are being like the authority mm-hmm. figures do not think Nancy is has legitimate fears. They think she's crazy. Yeah. That's that's fair too. Um and it, it does seem a little bit kind of, t- in their respect, like it does seem like um, the boy who cried wolf almost kind of thing. Like yeah. Where it's like, they're, they're the first few times they were like, what's, oh, like nothing's happening. Like they can't see anything, so they can't believe anything. So at that point, that, that's a good point. Um, It was just, I don't know. It, it is distressing though, yeah. 
it is distressing and frustrating because she is saying I'm being attacked in my house. And yeah. they're, I feel, I don't know. They're cops. I feel like they should, they, <laughs> they do have a responsibility to look and be like, okay, what's, are you actually, oh shit, actually, okay, all right, we'll grab our guns. Yep. Like, what's going on, guys? Yeah. But yeah, um, it is distressing that, like, even at the end, does her dad even really believe her or. You know, I can't quite remember exactly what happened. I think he right sees the, the mom like get sucked into the bed, like kind of like turn into a skeleton and like fall yeah. into the bed. But also that basically that whole last bit of the movie, it's unclear what is in the dream world and what isn't. Yeah, that's one thing that I would maybe say that I, I maybe don't like it, but I also do because it's very hard to tell what the fuck is real and what's not. So I don't even know exactly how this movie really ends, like rationally speaking, but it probably should be like that because it's a fucking, it's, it, things become so jumbled that it's like, well, what is real anymore? You know? So that's actually a really interesting thing to, to look at. Yeah, I definitely do. Like I've always hated when movies end, like, and it was all a dream or that kind of thing. Right. That always feels cheap, but if there, yeah. I guess if there is a movie that it works for, it'd be this one. Um, but there's still probably a better way to handle that. Yeah, and it's weird too because I feel like it ends like the dream is just beginning, and it's like, yeah, huh? What? I do like when the when they're in the car and then the hood pops on and the hood is uh, red and green, like yeah. um, like Freddie's sweater. I thought that I was cool, but. Yeah, other than that, I was like, all right. Yeah, cool, that, whatever. that was that was something, the ending was added by uh, New Line pro- producer or owner Bob Shea because he really wanted to set up a franchise, and you can kind of tell that it doesn't really belong and kind of mu- muddles the whole story. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It, it would have been nice if they maybe just ended it like, a normal movie. <laughs> yeah, or even like, even like yeah. Dream Warriors that kind of has like a happy settled ending. Um and then the the tease for a sequel is barely that. It's kind of more just like there's a there's a model of Nancy's house and a light turns on in the model, like in the miniature. So mm-hmm. it's like, what does that mean? Who knows? But yeah. a light is on. <laughs> yeah. I do like that. I will say, though, the ending of this, like, despite it having problems, I do think it is unsettling, which oh, yeah. I do enjoy. Um, It's a much better ending than the fucking remake, I gotta tell you. Oh, um, Jesus. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, wh- what would you give this movie out of, like, ten stars? Um, I always find it so hard to put a number on movies, but this is one of my right? all-time favorites. I want to give it a ten. Okay. <laughs> Well, hey, it. you can give it a, you can give it a ten because I mean it is like it's one of your favorite movies, obviously. So yeah, I'd give this like probably like a I, honestly I'd give this like an eight point seven, eight point eight, something like that. Yeah, that's I, fair. I, I, I will it say it's an imperfect to, ten. Oh yeah, I mean, hey man, like I would give Uncut Gems a ten, and well, actually, I agree with that. Yeah, I'd give, no, I'd I give man, <laughs> I give Man on the Moon, which is like in my top ten favorite movies of all time. I would give that like. I wouldn't even give that a 10. And it's one of my 10 favorite movies of all time. So, I mean, yeah, that's there you true. go. You know, it's yeah. hard. It's always hard to put a number on art, but oh, yes, 100%. this this hits my tastes to a 10. <laughs> oh, yeah. hundred percent. This is a really, really good movie. 
If I was making a list of the top 10 best horror movies of all time, this would definitely be on it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is out of all the movies we're talking about uh, this Scarathon season. This is my second favorite, I believe. I haven't seen Suspiria yet, but it's my second favorite uh, next to Halloween. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Um, man, yeah, this movie's just great. It still holds up. Every year I rewatch it, and I'm like, it hasn't aged that much, except for maybe, like, Johnny Depp's feathered hair. Like, it hasn't, (laughs) it hasn't aged that, that much at all. All the effects really hold up, except for a couple. Yeah, and to be honest, I actually like when the effects are a little bit cheesy, because, I don't know, like, it just, it reminds me of a time in movies where... If they had something that needed to be made, and not, not that movies don't do this anymore, but if they had something that needed to be made, they had to make it themselves. They had to sit down and they had to get a group of people together and build the effects themselves, mm-hmm. which I feel like nowadays it's like, why don't we just throw money at it and do it on a computer? And it just looks bad, you know? Yeah. So You can always yeah. tell when something's in camera versus rendered later. And mm-hmm. the the thing about this movie is even for the few effects that are a little janky, it's all there in camera and there's something people are actually reacting to and you have to be clever oh, yeah. about how you show an effect like that. Oh yeah. So 100%. yeah. And I think that's what sells it really is just Craven was so clever with, with how he shows Freddie, how, how he shows the deaths, how, how he chooses to frame everything really serves oh, yeah. that, this low budget movie and helps it look like some of the peak, you know, peak special effects of the time. hundred percent. Scream is another one of my like top 10 favorite movies of all time. I absolutely love scream. But if we're talking objectively, like what's a better movie here? I mean, nightmare on Elm street does give scream a run for its money. It does. It does, you know, compete in yeah. that ball game because they're both very, very good. So, I definitely yeah. think Scream feels like Wes Craven's response to Nightmare being turned into a franchise sort of out of his control. Yeah. If oh, that yeah, makes no, sense, 100%. because he, he's he's kind of, he has thoughts clearly about the slasher genre. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it feels like, um, it feels like a slasher movie that makes fun of slasher movies in a way, which is why I love it so much, because it feels like it's, it's self- um, it's almost like self-referential, you know, oh, like time. it's almost aware of its, it, well, it is aware of itself. And it's like, it's, it feels like a critique or a satire on the whole horror genre, yeah. which I love. Um, <laughs> and that's kind of even a common like thread of yeah. with, with Craven because of New Nightmare. Oh yeah, hundred percent. New Nightmare was so interesting because it's like, it's literally like as it goes on, it's like. Oh my god, this is all in the script. <laughs> it's like, I was surprised there wasn't a scene where she's like, oh, "How do I defeat Freddy? I need to get a hold of the script and rewrite it." Like that would have been. That <laughs> she's got been like white out. <laughs> <laughs> and she lived happily ever after. <laughs> her husband resurrected from the grave, and then her husband like pops out of the grave and is like. <laughs> That would be actually really, really, that would be scarier than the movie it was. Yeah, um, it's like a monkey's paw thing. Like what she wishes for is not exactly how how it gets. <laughs> oh, man. You know, the one thing, I'll, I'll talk about New Nightmare just quickly. Mm-hmm. The one thing that bothered me about that is that um, as it goes on, like the thing I like about it is that as it goes on, it becomes 
more like more and more like the movie, like the first movie, like the dad literally starts the John Saxon literally starts acting like the dad from Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. which is cool. I think it's such a missed opportunity that they didn't use because Robert England is in that movie. He plays Ray Kruger, but he also plays himself. He plays yeah. Robert England. The thing that's disappointing is they never show Robert England slowly becoming Freddy Krueger. Like, how interesting would that have been to have the actor who's been playing a horror movie icon for the last 10 years to slowly just start to lose himself and become that character? Wow. Yeah, that would have been so cool. cool. And they didn't do it. They just had him paint Freddy Krueger once and he was like... Um, it's not a good day for you to come over, Heather. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Like, that was it. <laughs> and you're like, all right, well, missed opportunity, but whatever. Damn. So, That's actually yeah. a really good, good idea. It's we, fine. We need that it's script fine. doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I think that this movie is a good, I think this is one of the reasons why Wes Craven is... Definitely, in my opinion, he's one of the top two, like, horror masters ever. Like, he's one of the greatest horror movie directors of all time. Yeah. And he always will be. Alrighty, let's get into the remake. Oh, boy. This, again, came out 2010. I was about 12 yeah. years old. Very mm-hmm. hyped. Because I hadn't been let down by a remake, really, truly, yet. Yeah. And this might have been one of the first that, like, I really wanted to like it. I think I saw it a couple times when it eventually came out on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. And oh, okay. It kind of just the more I watch it, the more I was like, "Fuck, I'm so bored. I just want to rewatch the original." Yeah. So, do you think that this remake is like how bad do you think it is exactly? Because I've heard the argument of somebody say it's actually a good remake, but. I wouldn't say I wouldn't go so far as to say it's a good remake, but to be honest, I don't personally hate it. Fair. But I'm just curious where you stand on it. Um, Here's my thing: Freddy and the whole mythos around him is so well known. Everybody knows mm-hmm. it. Every moviegoer, especially horror fan, they know this. Even if you're casual about movies, he's such an icon. You know the gist. Uh, killed by by parents, haunts the dreams of their children. Got it. Mm-hmm. That premise is super understood by everyone so when they bog down like two-thirds of the movie and rediscovering the exact same story it's kind of like the movie is a step behind the audience or at least me as an audience member i just wish i wish it would have just opened like they all know who freddy is and they're trying to stay awake see where it goes from there yeah that would have been interesting because that that whole like reliving the mystery that we've seen already, people discover in the first film, of course, the original, then rediscover mm-hmm. it in the second one again. Um, I think Dream Warriors was the first to really do it, where like it just opens with uh, Patricia Arquette's character, like she can't, she knows Freddy, and she has to stay awake, which is just yeah, it's so much, it's so much more watchable when a movie's on the same page, I find, or or a step ahead of the audience. Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of frustrating where it's just explaining stuff that you already know. Yeah, it's like it's like me literally like coming on here and being like, "Hey, Greg." So in Nightmare on Elm Street, we open <laughs> with a shot of Tina and she's walking down the street and she is in a boiler room and she turns behind her and she sees a man in a glove with like knives on it and a striped sweater and he's chasing her. Yeah. All right. 
Then she wakes up. I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm going to go on for 40 minutes and explain the whole thing. Scene How annoying scene. would that be, right? Where you just it, it explains stuff that you already know. Like it would be so frustrating. Yeah, I think um, that's that's the biggest thing that bugs me. Yeah. About it. There's also the fact that okay, it's been what 30 years since the first one about. Yes. And they don't do anything new. Like, I really wish they leaned yeah. into some new imagery. Some You could really go off the chain with some surrealism in this, especially with today's effects, or 10 oh, years man. ago's effects. But they don't do 100%. it. Every dream yeah. sequence is just kind of like a burned-down building or a boiler room. There's no yeah. real visual flair to it, which is weird because it had an astronomically bigger budget than the original, but it looks way cheaper and like not even just cheaper because you can do a lot on a low budget but just not very creative yeah that's that's very very true and those are actually really good um good points because this does just feel like a re like a rehash of the original um the only difference i find that this has from the original is that it's not as subtle which isn't a compliment because (laughs) i mean it's already freddy like He's not Sorry, a very Freddy. subtle character. You you can only turn that like ham-fisted story up so much before you're like, I get it. You're beating me over the head with the moral. Exactly. Imagine Darren Aronofsky wrote this and directed it. Like, how cool would that be? Like a surreal kind of thing. Yeah, something you know, that messes that with your awesome. mind. Yeah, something that fucks with your head. This is the type of movie that should fuck with your head because, I mean, it's quite literally the the point of a movie that like this. That is the premise. This is the premise. Hey, fucking with your head, like the movie. That's what it is. Yeah. So, yeah, like, why doesn't it do that? Um, and that's what I think is a good point um, of why you you don't like this movie. I don't know if it quite deserves the hate that it totally gets, because I totally agree with you. I, I think it's just a rehash. Yeah. Um, I do enjoy it a little bit. Kind of like a guilty okay. pleasure thing. The thing I will say about this movie, I'll talk about, let's talk about what we like about the remake. Yeah, first, I, I will say get... there are things that work. Absolutely. The things that I like, um, I do think it is entertaining. Like it is, I do think the pacing is really good and you might disagree with me there, but I do think it is fast paced and entertaining enough that I can stay engaged for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. I do think it is, uh, I don't I don't think it's jump scare central, so it's not like this jump scare fest, which would really bug the shit out of me. Okay. And I do think it is well acted. So those are the three things that I that I enjoy about this movie. I don't I don't think it's I think the actors are actually pretty pretty solid for the movie. The the script might be shit, but I feel like the actors are at least engaging enough where I'm like, I like them. I like them. Yeah. I think I think the script is the biggest failing for sure because as 100%. we know Rooney Mara she with a great script like the social network for example oh like, yeah she can kill it oh, but yeah. so she like, was nominated a year after this movie for girl with the dragon tattoo exactly so. she's a skilled yeah. performer but mm-hmm. unfortunately I don't think the story gives her that very much like she she's a great actor Uh, But the only note they really give her in that story is kind of, like, depressed and artsy. Yeah. And I don't get much else from her. There was a... There's a major issue I have with this movie and comparing it to the original. Um, So in the original, 
the, we start off with Tina, and she seems almost like the main character. And I remember in Never Sleep Alone, the documentary, they were talking about it. Like, it's almost like Hitchcockian. Yes. Where they start off with a character, and then they kill her off. Yeah. Right? So, this, the, the original, it starts off with Tina. She gets killed. Now it's Nancy's story. Very simple. Very easy passing of the torch. So, in this movie, in the remake, we start off with Kellen Lutz, who is like, at the beginning, he, he, he gets killed in a bar or not in a bar in a diner yeah then it moves on and the main character is like katie cassidy who's like her blonde friend who's basically like the 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 archetype of tina basically yeah. i think they can name her chris in the remake that's her name yeah chris i think so now it's her story then she gets killed and now we move on to jesse who's basically rod from the original yeah and then he goes to prison, and then he gets killed in prison, and now we move on to Nancy. Now, at this point, we're 45 minutes into the movie. I have no idea who the fuck Nancy is. Yeah. and I, have, and, I don't know who she is. Yeah. And with each of those false starts, we have to rediscover the mystery from another character. Meanwhile, since before this movie started, we already know the mystery. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Honestly, if they if they left it with, like, Helen Lutz, dead, first five minutes. That would have been a pretty good opener. Yeah, that because... was a good opener, too. I will say. Yeah. yeah, I'm not a huge fan of when they... I don't know how I feel exactly about, like, the death scenes where, like, she goes over to Kellen Lutz and he's standing and it's it appears it's just him with a knife. He's standing with a knife. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, you're crazy, you're crazy, and then stabs himself in the throat. Mm-hmm. I don't. I didn't love that. But okay. it's not the worst. It's not the worst. It's, um, it's definitely not like um, up to today's slasher standards. But I do think it is yeah. some strong imagery and yeah. maybe how Freddy might work to make someone hurt themselves either by literally yeah. making them hurt themselves or by making them stay awake. That's true. Yeah. So I thought that was an interesting opener. Yeah, it is. I, I don't. I don't love it, but I also don't like hate it. I'm not. I'm not yeah. opposed to it. I just. It's not I the most feel creative. Like they committed. I don't feel like they committed to it either. That's mm. the thing because I feel like they did it twice and they never did it again. That's true. And I didn't. I didn't love that. Um, but you know, it's it's whatever. It was. It was. A, it was. It was a good idea for for what it was. Um. If we're still talking about stuff that we liked, I will say the scene where Katie Cassidy is going into the attic. That was a really good scene because it starts off and you're like, oh, she's going to the attic to do some research. And then Freddy Krueger pops out and it turns out it was a dream. And I was like, oh, fuck, that was actually good because I don't now I don't know when she's going to be dreaming and when she's going to be awake. Mm -hmm. But that was like the only scene like that. So it didn't really matter because I was like, oh, well, the next time that she goes to sleep, I'm like, oh, I know she's dreaming now. Like she's in class and. All her <laughs> classmates just disappear. Everyone and Freddy just disintegrates. Yeah, and everyone and Freddy Krueger is writing on the board, and I was like, oh, "Okay, well, I know, I know she's dreaming now." And then they do that too, where they just show Freddy Krueger's face, like he's not obscured by the dark. You see his ugly ass pepperoni face. Yeah, and it looks terrible. He looks so bad Ugh, in this movie. I can't believe that makeup thirty years later looks worse. Maybe it's right? just because they they reveal so much of it if they had kept a lot of it hidden and we only got glimpses it'd be mm -hmm. creepier but like he, he can barely emote he can barely oh, move yeah. and sometimes 
you can tell that it's just like kind of like a cheap CGI face and it yeah. really stands out. It sticks out like oh, a yeah. sore thumb. Um, yeah. An, one thing I did like was the idea of the micro naps. Um, well, run me through that again. What was that? Uh, it's basically like where if you stay up for very long, your brain will just like shut down for a moment and you'll be dreaming while you're awake. Oh, yes. That. I thought that was clever. That's a really good idea. I kind of wish there was more of that and it got taken further because that is a really great way to bring some more surreal aspects to the movie and to blur the yeah. line between dream and reality even more. Oh, yeah, 100%. That was that was a really good idea. I like that they were, like, trying to stay awake and that they were using, like, different kinds of technology to, like, try and keep themselves up. Like, they kind of was, like, <laughs> injecting adrenaline into them mm-hmm. to stay awake. That was cool. Yeah. The other thing I like, too, is when, like, Nancy cannot wake up and her, like, friend just injects her with an adrenaline shot. Like, that, I don't know. I thought that was kind of badass. Like, she gets injected with adrenaline, and I was like, fuck yeah, kill that guy, you know? Like, yes, do it. Um, But yeah, no. Um, The other thing with this movie, too, is how the fuck do these characters know each other? I have no idea how these guys know each other. Well, they don't even, apparently, right? Like, they're all like, oh, apparently I knew you since I was five. How do you not? What? I get that they're going for the whole, like, repressed memory thing and all that, but it just seems so amazing that somehow an entire community was able to repress a whole generation <laughs> successfully. Like, Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It- and the thing is with this movie, too, is, um, okay, in the original, Freddy Krueger, they took him, they went to the police, they talked to yeah. him about it, and he was let off on a technicality. Yeah, the is, trial was, like, like, rigged, or it just didn't work. Yeah, like, he got let off but he really shouldn't have been let off so then they burned him down in that house um Mm -hmm. vigilante style because they couldn't do anything else because the trial had already happened yeah the authorities failed the authorities failed yeah in this one they don't even try to go to the cops no they just kill him they just kill him they're like okay well how how how, how was the best way to deal with a man who has uh killed our children and it's like oh why don't we just murder him so then uh, Mr. Krabs and Connie Britton. Also, yeah, that is Mr. Krabs in this movie. Um, <laughs> Isn't he also in Highlander? Yep, he's in <laughs> yeah. Highlander. He was also in The Ballad of Buster Scruggs too. Yes, um, he was. Yeah, but I love I love Clancy Brown. I think he's I think he's phenomenal. Oh, he has um, such a great voice. He has such a great voice, such a great face. He's so scary. Mm-hmm. Like, but he, he, him, and Connie Britton and all the other parents they just they just kill him they don't even try to to do it the right way they just they're like no why don't we just all do a horrible horrible thing and commit a murder together and and it really Um, undercuts like a key theme of the whole nightmare franchise which is like authorities have failed to protect a community whether that's the trial didn't go well or like he got off on a technicality or parents don't believe their children or Mm -hmm. psychiatrists don't don't they they assume everyone's crazy and, and delusional. Yeah. There's this ongoing theme of the authorities are denying people their the the actual reality of what danger they're in. But when you yeah. cut out that whole the beginning of that by ha- not even having a trial, not even have the the main authorities who can carry out violence, the police, yeah. not even having them involved in this is kind of like. Well, why would that exactly. be your first resort? Why would you? Yeah. Why would your first resort be to like burn down a fucking building with a guy in it? Yeah, 
That's horrible. And then the thing is, too, with this movie that also really bothers me is in the original, the thing was this wasn't their burden to carry. Mm-hmm. Like, this is in no way was this their fault because this happened in the previous generation. Yeah. This one tries to blame them. Yeah. And, and in a way, it is the the Kyle Gallner who plays like the archetype of Glenn in this movie. He's yeah. Like, um, Quentin, I think they call him. Quentin? Oh, what a stupid name. <laughs> Why would you... I don't know. Just Glenn is so simple, and then Quentin just sounds... I don't know, man. It just sounds like a fuckboy name. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. If there are any fans out there listening to this name, Quentin, I apologize. I'm I sure you're a great guy. I'm sure, I'm sure you're a great guy. <laughs> Tarantino, if you're listening, I'm very sorry. Um... <laughs> but the <laughs> he literally says he's like oh well we told the truth so now he's after us so in a way it is their burden to carry yeah and not that not that it's not that it's it's their fault because it's not their fault at all that's not what i'm saying because they did the right thing but the movie but kind is, of says that the movie kind of says that where it's like oh well now it's your burden to carry because you you reported a, a sexual predator yeah. Which is just like, and then also, was Freddy a child murderer in this? Because in the original, he was definitely a child murderer. And it's implied that there was some sexual violence going on. Exactly. But the thing that was nice about that is it was never, it was never explicitly revealed. So yes. you were like, you were like, was it sexual or was it not? And you can kind of, you get the idea that it was, but... You you can you don't it, need it's to be left cold. up to the imagination, which is way scarier. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't know what happened. But this guy, like They show it in flashbacks. They show kids with fucking scratches on them. They show kids crying as they tell their parents what's going on at preschool or whatever. It's like yeah. come on, that's way too far and it doesn't add anything. It actually takes away from what yeah. from what's already a strong story. Yeah, and the thing is, was he a child murderer or was he just a pedophile? Because I don't know now. Because these kids, they they came home. So was he a murderer? <laughs> did he kill anyone? Like, did he kill anyone? And I'm not saying like it makes him, it redeems him in any way. No. no, he's still a terrible, terrible, terrible character and a terrible person. But it muddled its a, own story, basically. It muddles its own story. So I'm like, well, is he a killer or not? Because then he just becomes a fucking murderer. Which I mean, like, it makes sense, but like. If you're going to fucking remake a movie, I mean, get the fucking story right, man. <laughs> like, yeah. do it correctly. Or, like, don't show... if Like, don't show the entire backstory. Yeah. But that also, like, muddles muddles the story. You know what I mean? If that yeah. makes sense. Because, like, they, did, they yeah. didn't need to show that in Nightmare, and it made you wonder. It gave some mystery. It gave some some mystique and tension over what he did do. And, and you can imagine your own biggest fears. But in this yeah. one... They try to have it both ways, and it doesn't work. Yeah. It's terrible. Uh, they do the backstory here, and you're like, what's going on? Like, yeah. guys, fucking decide what, you're, what, you, what story we're telling here. Like, come on. Yeah. No, I. it's, it's a huge missed opportunity, because I think with the 2010 type of filmmaking, you could have a great, surreal, nightmare movie with Jackie Earl Haley. I think he was a great choice. Absolutely. Um, and and even the whole cast, like if they were given a better story, they could have pulled something off that that was really oh, yeah. great and really affecting. And yeah, it just didn't work. 
I really like Katie Cassidy, actually, to be completely honest. Um, she's like a modern scream, scream queen legend. Like, she's yeah. been in a bunch of stuff now. Yeah, she's been in, like, Black Christmas. Wasn't she on that show Arrow or something like that? Oh, yeah, she was. Yeah. She's great. I love her. I really love her. She is, like, a modern scream queen, so she's great. The thing that's also really sad is I've heard a rumor that... um. Rooney Mara really didn't enjoy this experience and she almost quit acting because of it. Oh, I can tell. She fucking hates being on screen the entire movie. Like, I can tell. (laughs) She has one note and it's, I fucking hate this. (laughs) Yeah. Poor Rooney Mara, man. Like, fuck. Yeah. She definitely deserves better than that movie. I know, right? Like, oh my god. Oh man, I'm looking it up right now. It says that she is, uh, she's contracted for a sequel. So, I mean, I guess, hey man, if they ever... Oh boy. If they ever need to make a sequel, then fuck. That's that's not gonna be great. Yeah. Oh, uh, just a huge missed opportunity. I really think there's potential here. Did Platinum Dunes do the Friday the thirteenth remake? I believe they did, yeah. See, that's a solid remake, in my opinion. And I wish they had gone in a similar route where it's just the Platinum Dunes remake of Friday the thirteenth is essentially like a greatest hits from every friday the 13th movie you like the friday the 13th remake i think it's better than this one as a remake because it really it's it doesn't do anything new but it takes all if you're a friday the 13th fan it takes all the fan favorite moments and kind of like writes a story around all of those happening i don't think it's like great but at least it's fan service and it doesn't it doesn't you know drag itself around by its own lore and and get tangled up in it Mm-hmm. I kind of wish they had done this with with the Nightmare remake, where it just opens dreams, kids trying to stay awake. Let's see the yeah. greatest hits. Let's try and make a story out of it. Yeah, that's a good point. The Friday the 13th remake, here's the thing. I do like it as a comedy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's most, fucking hilarious. That's most of the Friday the 13th movies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there's this part in the remake where the, where Freddy is in a in a in a house and there's this one guy and his friend is in the house and his friend just got killed and he's like oh my god I need to go get my friend and it's like don't go in there Jason's in there and he's like I I got to get my friend and then they just they just let him go into the house <laughs> and he gets killed and they don't even come with him they don't even like support him they're just like hey man that's all you like uh, your death <laughs> yeah your death man hey <laughs> that was your stupid decision um this Platinum Dunes did these movies. They did the Texas Chainsaw Massacre with uh, Jessica Biel. They did Amityville Horror with uh, Ryan Reynolds. Right. They did Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Beginning with Jordana Brewster. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did The Hitcher, the the remake with uh, with Rucker Hauer. Oh no 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 no! Sorry, uh, with Sean Bean. Yeah, Sean yeah. Bean. <laughs> That's much much more. Uh, what do you call it? Just underwhelming. The Unborn, uh, Friday the 13th remake, Nightmare on Elm Street remake. They did The Purge and The Purge Anarchy. They did uh, Ouija, Project Almanac. Okay. Um, And then they started doing like, and they did the two Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies as well, of course. Oh, boy. Um, And then they, they did all the Purge movies. They did Ouija, Origin of Evil, which I've heard is actually pretty good. 
And then they did A Quiet Place, which I think is their first great horror movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in in 20 years. Um, their first movie was in 2003, and in 2018, they finally hit a home run. <laughs> so, hey, 15 years, but hey, man, better late than never, I guess. Yeah, I bet you they're going to run that franchise into the ground <laughs> unless something stops them. Oh, yeah. 100%. But yeah. It, this yeah. yeah, this is a huge disappointment, and unless you're like a massive nightmare fan, give it a watch. You might enjoy it just because of the lore. Mm-hmm. But overall, any of the other ones, even like the lesser nightmare movies, do better than this mm-hmm. one did. Yeah, is there anything in this remake that you think is better than the original? Um. Maybe some of the realism, you know? I think at one point in the original, Tina says she's been awake for seven days. And I'm like, I think think you might actually, like, die from that. Yeah. And in this one, I think the max they go is, like, three days, which is, like, achievable by humans. Oh, yeah. Um, And the micro naps. I like the micro naps. Someone did their sleep research for this one, and I I respect it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that, that was a cool part of it. Um, I will say, I think the, the remake is maybe a little bit better acted. Um, like in, if we're talking actors individually, I feel like every actor is doing a good job. I don't know if they have as much chemistry as a group, like the original does, Yeah, but I do think that the actors individually, like you can pull out any actor and be like, oh, they're good. Yeah. Um, oh, you know what we haven't really talked about? We haven't talked, we talked about it a little bit in the opening. <clears throat> Just before we kind of put this one to bed, um, let's talk about the pervy comments made by Freddy Krueger in the oh. in the remake. Terrible, right? Yeah, awful. I, again, one of those things that doesn't add anything and like just makes everyone uncomfortable. Yeah, it was, it was terrible. I hate it so much. And it, and here's the thing with with movies too. I feel like some horror movies they're like, oh, why don't I make it like as disturbing as possible? So let's make him a pedophile. Let's make him say some creepy shit. And it's just it's cheap because I mean anybody can do that. Anybody can say, hey, let's make a let's make a character who's a pedophile and just make him say some some gross things to a teenager. Yeah, like that's a know? terrifying thing, of course. But does it really add to the story, or is it just used as a gimmick? And if so then Mm -hmm. don't do that don't use that as a gimmick yeah and that's the thing because i do i do agree that jackie earl haley is a great choice to play freddy krueger but um this is this is a bad bad script for that character and it actually ruins his performance because Mm -hmm. then he just becomes you know pepperoni pedophile you know like that's what he <laughs> that's a great title for this movie <laughs> <laughs> the pepperoni pedophile on elm street <laughs> <laughs> that's way oh, more man. apt yeah this is this is ridiculous this one where it's just like oh come on man it's the worst thing ever it's honestly the i i have a i have notes written here i said freddy krueger plus pedophile equals worst ever yeah um, because it is. It's 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 terrible. Yeah, it's better um, when that's as, like, subtext and left up to the imagination versus when it's just spelled out and you're hammered over the head with it. It's It doesn't mm-hmm. serve the story. It doesn't serve the character. It, it genuinely detracts from a mythos that was so rich in, in what you could interpret. 
Mm-hmm. 100%. It's a very disappointing remake. Um, it was really unnecessary to begin with, but, I mean, you could have made something cool, like we talked about, you know, get Darren Aronofsky, get David Lynch. Make something up. Like, just do something. Yeah, just anyone with a real dreamy vision for filmmaking. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be, like, the biggest name, but, you know, we'll, we'll see in another episode, like, uh a genuinely, you know, a first-time feature filmmaker who brings their own vision to a remake, and it works. And it, yeah. it really works. And I don't see why this couldn't have been done with this property, because, like I said, oh, yeah. there's so there's so many directions you can go and run with it if you don't bog yourself oh, yeah. down in some boring origin mystery. Yeah, and I mean, like, the thing is, is it's sleep. So there's so many different things you can do with fighting somebody in your sleep and dreams and whatnot mm-hmm. nightmare new nightmare the 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 sixth sequel that one uses sleepwalking a little bit it doesn't it doesn't right. quite use it to his fullest i don't think but it does incorporate a little bit of sleepwalking with it keep like what about night terrors those are fucking terrifying as as themselves you know mm-hmm. like night terrors and and whatnot and you know, the Dream Warriors was a great idea. Um, yeah. The Kung Fu shit in the fourth one. I don't know. I, I, I would consider that one of the better ideas the franchise has had. Totally. Get creative. Um, yeah, get creative. There's so many different things that you can do. What 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 happens in, in dreams? Like, what, you know, dreams are wishes, according to Sigmund Freud. So, like, what does that entail in, like, a a nightmare movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what, what does it say about... Uh, mental health what does it say about the way different cultures the the way different cultures interpret dreams what what about religion what there's so many directions you could run in with this franchise Mm -hmm. uh what does it say about the the kids who are more likely to to be killed right like are these neglected kids are these kids from poorer areas like you could go you could do so much with this concept and they just do none of it yeah it's really disappointing. What do you give this one out of 10 stars? This this is probably going to be easier to do than the original. Yeah, I mean, I'll give it like a three. Yeah. It's not unwatchable, but the fact that it's as boring as it is, and oh, yeah. to, at least to me, as as lifeless as it feels, I, I'd just be fine yep. if I never watched it again. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about this movie that I do get a little bit of like an, a, like an enjoyment out of, like a little bit of like a guilty pleasure kind of thing. It That's feels fair. like... It feels like um, if you're if you're craving Nightmare on Elm Street, but you've seen it a few times already, and you're like, I just want to see that, but like in a different font. I don't know who would ever want to do that, but like <laughs> it is like that, though. Yeah, yeah. It, it 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 feels like Nightmare on Elm Street in a different font, basically. Like it just it's the same story, but it's done very slightly differently. Yeah, it's pretty much the same. But like, you know, that's the thing. I'm I'm glad at least, hey man, at least it's not Gus Van Sant's Psycho. You know, at least it's not a shot for shot remake. Yeah, that's but, true. But at the same time, I mean, it's not really adding anything. So what's really the point? You know, mm-hmm. the only thing it's really adding is like uh, modern day CGI, which actually detracts. Oh my from god, it. this movie's like, only ten years old, and the effects look worse than than the original. Which is thirty five years old. Yeah, that's that's like, how yeah. poorly CGI, at least from that era, has aged. Maybe we'll say something different about like today's CGI because there are beautiful examples of of the 
the way that technology has evolved and the artistry that goes into it now. Yeah. But goddamn, like you can really tell (laughs) most of the effect shots in this are not in camera and it it sticks out like a sore thumb. It absolutely does. It it is not a great looking, uh, not a great looking movie. Um, especially like there's a scene in the original where Freddy Cougar kind of pops out of the wall and looks down at Nancy and then she looks up and he, and right, right as she looks up, he, disappears like he pulls yeah. himself back into the wall in this movie oh my god it looks so so stupid it does it looks horrible in in the in the original it looks like he's in the wall it, it looks like he's in the wall it looks like he's stretching the wall yeah like as far as it can go and it's not very far which is such it's, surreal imagery yeah and it's to get a peek at nancy and then he goes back in the wall in this one the wall just full-on like morphs like a ps2 yeah, video morphs. game yeah, it looks like um, like I don't know, just like, like almost like you know in the thing in like the John Carpenter's like the thing when like it has like the really long neck and the head like kind of cranes around and looks at somebody and it has like that mm-hmm. disgusting ass face. I'm getting chills just thinking about that. That that movie gives me <laughs> that movie freaks me out a little bit. Um, I love that one. Excited to talk about it because it is a really good movie. But man, that that one that's one of the ones that really actually gets to me. Um, that's fair. Like. You know, because there aren't a lot of horror movies that really get to me, but that one does a little bit. It's just gross. It's really, oh, man. (laughs) I'm getting freaked out. I'm talking about it. My God. Watch it with Um, the lights on. (laughs) It's funny. The lights are on right now. It's it's (laughs) 2.30 in the afternoon, and I'm getting freaked out. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, but the the Nightmare remake does not have that effect. No, it does not have that effect. That's what it looks like, and it looks super cheesy, and it looks super, super, super terrible. So, yeah, that's that's something that bugs me. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, I'd give this one. I probably go. I'd go higher than you. I'd give it like a. I give it like a five, but it's it's a guilty five, you know. Yeah, no, that's totally fair, and I get because, why. Yeah, because I can enjoy it, but it's it's not you know it's not great it's really not a very great movie um no but i don't know it, it, it's one of those movies i think also it has some nostalgia because i saw it like at a party with some friends when i was younger and it was like a really great night fair where, like, we watched we watched insidious before it and that's like a genuinely Ooh. good scary movie like that's a really really good movie like story everything amazing and then after that one, you're a little spooked, so you're like, well, why don't we watch something light, lighter, but let's keep the horror movie kind of vibe going. So you watch the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street because you get the Nightmare on Elm Street vibe, but um, it's not scary. Like, it doesn't freak you out at all, you know? <laughs> that's it's, a, yeah, it's, that's a good recommend. <laughs> yeah, because it's, 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 that's actually the way to put it. Not in another font, but it's it's Nightmare on Elm Street if you don't want to get scared. <laughs> If you, if you really want to watch Nightmare on Elm Street, but you don't want to get freaked out, watch the remake. <laughs> True. Oh, boy. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, so is there anything we can learn from, from talking about the remake and the, uh, the original? I guess it's just don't remake classic movies. Don't remake classic movies. And if you do, make sure you're on the same page as the audience. Please. Please do yeah. not take a cultural icon that everyone's familiar with and just redo everything we already know. It's boring. I think the the best way to handle that is a soft reboot. Like it can be in the same world, same continuity, just all new cast of characters. 
and yeah. they they wake up out of a nightmare first scene. Oh yeah, yeah, that would have been a great thing. I uh, who if they didn't get Jackie Earl Haley, who do you think would have been a good Freddy Krueger? Ooh, that's tough. Because he was really good, but now it's kind of ruined for me. And I, I, I like, I like picturing fake movies. I like, I like, I like the, you know, like the Batman conversation where it's like yeah. oh, David Fincher and Kurt Russell is Batman and Christian Slater is the Riddler. Like, I liked imagining that shit. So, who else uh, do you think would be good as Freddy Krueger? I think, firstly, part of me wants if they do go ahead and do another one. Give Jackie Haley another shot, but completely, sure. completely redo that makeup. Oh, I think yeah. I think that hurt the character. In terms yeah. of who I would cast, yeah. Oh, that's tough. Who plays a really good villain? You know who I'm thinking? Who? Willem Dafoe. Oh, I'm thinking him a little bit. I feel he's like he brings something look. weird to it. He's got an evil look, but he he bring he. I think he could play around with the. Uh, with those knives in an interesting way. And he plays good villains like all the time. He's always, and he's just a great actor in general. He is. You know, who might also be interesting Keaton. That would be interesting. Actually. With his crazy eyes. With his crazy eyes. Like Beetlejuice meets nightmare on Elm street. Yeah. He'd be like a fun, (laughs) he'd be like a fun Freddy, but one you're still scared to approach. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. He'd be the most approachable. Freddy Krueger, who's still pretty unapproachable. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing, though: is Michael Keaton yeah. or or Willem Dafoe are either of them that much older than Robert England? Um, I don't. I think they're a little bit younger, but okay. I'm not 100 percent sure. Robert England is like how old is he? I feel like he's like 73. Okay. He is 73. Yep, nailed. And it. oh yeah, I, I think I looked him up last night. So. Um, I think Keaton is 68, and I think Willem, Willem Dafoe is 65. Okay, so at that point, I, I think you want to go with someone younger, because you want to carry a franchise. Exactly. Um, that's tough. Oh, I Michael mean, Keaton is 69. A... Greg and Matt Thirst chat. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, what were you saying? You want to go with someone <laughs> younger, like, is it Bill Skarsgård from uh, It? Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't go with him, but I like a Bill Skarsgård, someone who can embody yeah. that character who's younger and could do a few sequels. I can't, I can't yeah, think he, of anyone. I, I was thinking, I don't think he's quite there. <clears throat> he is only like 46. Mm. I was thinking Michael Shannon for a minute. Oh. He'd be interesting. I think he'd be an interesting Freddy Krueger. That's solid. Yeah. I'm just looking for actors who are really unconventionally looking, you know? Yeah. Like, just really odd-looking people. But also um, very charismatic. Yeah, I think that's absolutely. the biggest thing with, with Freddy, because he has a certain energy to him as a villain that no other oh, yeah. villain has. 100%. And you can shake yeah. that up with a different sort of energy, but it needs to be magnetic. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, I absolutely. I, I love doing these like fake movie casts. They're they're so interesting to me. Mm. Um, yeah, let's 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 band to get a a a re remake of Nightmare on Elm Street. Darren Aronofsky or David Lynch, Michael Shannon as Freddy Krueger. Let's do it. It's inevitable. It will happen. 
<laughs> I think with Platinum Dune's track record, they will most likely get the cheapest director they can find or like some unknown. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is unfortunate because with oh, yeah. with some prestige filmmaker or you know what doesn't even have to be prestige just someone with a vision someone with a oh, unique yeah. vision and yeah. it could be really good I hope I hope they nail it one of these days I want I want a good new nightmare yeah it would be cool to see another another one yeah alrighty well for this episode we're not going to do a top three list because it's kind of hard to do a top three list because we're not we, i guess we could talk about favorite franchises but that's kind of difficult yeah so what we're gonna do is we're just gonna do like our our favorite of a thing our favorite of something and this week we're gonna do our favorite elm street sequel and mm-hmm. we'll do this for all of the scarathon things like a favorite something that kind of relates to the theme so Today we'll do our favorite Elm Street sequel. So, Greg, what's your favorite Elm Street sequel? Well, honorable mentions, of course, go to mm-hmm. Wes Craven's New Nightmare, um, yep. Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master, for that kung fu goodness, <laughs> uh, and the documentary Never Sleep Again, which is yeah. really good, very long, oh, yeah. but super yeah, in four depth. hours holy shit yeah right? i've never like, seen a documentary that long to be honest i feel yeah, like it's it, longer than the irishman like, yeah. fuck. <laughs> jesus it, it must have been broken up episodically when it came out right must have been must like have a been, tv yeah. special but yeah great documentary if you're a fan of the franchise um but my number one favorite sequel uh has always been nightmare on elm street 3 the dream warriors oh yeah i am i am a few thousand words into a video essay on this one right now. I can't wait to get it out there because I think this movie is something special. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. Um, your 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 video essay. I've seen Dream Warriors. I love Dream Warriors. It's so phenomenal, fun. phenomenal movie. Oh yeah, one of the best horror movie sequels probably ever. Yeah, it might it might just be. There's few. <sighs> yeah, I'm trying to think of Halloween 2018. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 okay. Um, <laughs> Conjuring two. Conjuring two. I would yeah. consider. Um, trying to think what else. <laughs> um, there are some good ones though. Absolutely. Evil but Dead two. Evil Dead two. Of course. Of course. Oh, Evil yeah. Dead two is the probably the best sequel horror movie sequel. Probably. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't fight that. But Dream Warriors is right below that. Dream Warriors. Yeah. And then Freddy's Dead. Final Nightmare. Yeah. okay (laughs) it's one of the best comedies oh man that one's hilarious that's hilarious that one's hilarious oh my god i'll take i'll take it over the remake yeah you know i did kind of get scared by freddy's dead when i was a kid really yeah it was like the opening scene when they're on a plane i was like what the fuck is going on this is freaking me out (laughs) it was just it's because even in a bad nightmare movie there is some surrealness that Mm -hmm. for a kid is kind of fucking weird and it does creep you out a little bit yeah because they always succeed in in making a dream like kind of thing that doesn't really make any sense and that is terrifying the unknown is what i think is the most terrifying oh yeah so effective Um, yeah, so effective. My favorite nightmare movie is um this isn't the best one. I I I would have taken Dream Warriors if I could have, but um you know, Greg insisted. So I love Dream Warriors <laughs> he, so much. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um I've only seen it once, so it makes more sense that you take it anyway. Um but it is a fantastic one and it's definitely the best sequel. The one I'm going to take though is one that's just pure fun and pure ridiculousness. It's Freddy versus Jason. I mean, 
I love both of these franchises, no matter how stupid they get. Mm-hmm. So having a crossover between two of the biggest horror movie icons ever is it's going to be awesome no matter what. So hundred yeah. percent. This I, I think Freddy versus Jason is one of the best because it knows what it is. It's like it's like the fast 100%. and furious of horror movies. Like it knows what it's doing and it does yeah. it better than anyone. It's like the Hobbs and Shaw of the of the Friday the thirteenth yeah. and Nightmare Elm Street thing. Yeah. Oh my god, that's actually a really good uh analogy. Yeah, that's a this is a good one. It's just super fun and I also love it. Okay, did you ever see Kumail Nanjiani's joke about Freddy versus Jason? It sounds familiar. He said there was like they were in the theater and there's this line where like Freddy is like gonna kill like a like a white girl or a black girl and he makes like a he makes a comment or something like that that's like kind of racist and everyone in the theater kind of is like, oh, and then Kumail Nanjiani is like, yeah, killing teens is okay, but racism, <laughs> come on, Freddy. <laughs> you're like, this is kind of true. Because <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. I love people's hypo- hypocrisy with the whole <laughs> They're like, that comment got a little too real. <laughs> hey, the, the, the comment on racism is a bit much, but hey, just get back to killing teenagers in your sleep, please. Come on. Oh boy, yeah. I love back to being in the shower with naked women. Please, <laughs> come on, dude. Like, get some class into you, Jesus. <laughs> it's such a crazy movie, and I'm looking forward to rewatching it this Halloween season. Yeah, I gotta get the DVD. This is a good one. It's worth it. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of Halcon Scarathon. Hope you enjoy our little digression, our little offshoot into a horror themed podcast for this season uh if you're looking for more episodes of the podcast you can find them all on halconmedia.com we're also on spotify itunes uh recently on amazon music i believe i got i got an email about that so check amazon yell at your alexa device and see if she can play (laughs) the greg and matt movie chat uh, follow us on Instagram, the Greg and Matt Movie Chat, for regular updates and discussions. Um, and find everything centralized over on halconmedia.com. Till next time, stay spooky. <laughs> <laughs>